Welcome to Talking Not Ranting. My name is Alistair Field. And I'm Greg Smith. You've dropped into our current topic series, The Struggle to Be a Good Manager. And today the episode is Tension. Let's set this up. Greg and I have been friends for a long time and we just had a great conversation. I think we covered a lot of ground. I don't know if we accomplished anything, but we did come to the conclusion that I need to clean up my workstation here. It's not working for me. Yeah, we'll come back and we'll uh, do a, a test. Um, I got some white gloves that we can, uh, you know, check for dust. But no, you know what? Uh, fortunately, my camera is shining backwards, so you don't know at all what my desk looks like. So uh, there was no uh, condemnation uh, on your part to my part, but uh, I don't think it's too bad. But, you know, it's. I think what's interesting, our conversation was around multiple roles and jobs and having to adapt uh, when you're doing it. And that can be tricky. Yeah. And I think my problem is, uh, so I have two laptops, two screens, one camera. Uh, I have a tablet here, which I don't, I'm not using right now because it doesn't fit anywhere. I got my phone and I've got the uh, audio interface for this, uh, these types of activities that you and I do. And I just haven't worked out where everything should go so that I don't have to set up and tear down every time I need to do something special. So I don't know, dude, I don't know. It's Monday afternoon, late afternoon, and I'm a little irritated by my desk and I'm going to have to do something about it. So that might have to happen tonight. I just, I just need to think through where all these things need to go because you have to work and this other stuff we do is, is fun. And I'm just going to have to work out where everything goes because it, it, it just isn't working for me, Greg. I don't know. You're my coach. Tell me what to do here. Right. So this might be where we say, warning, this episode may include more ranting from Alistair. Yes, it may. It may. But it's only going to be self-directed or at inanimate <laughs> objects that are on my desk at the moment. So we're all right. good. Okay. We're good. We're good. That's good. Okay. That's good. I think I got it out of me. I think I got it. All out right. Of me. Good. Good. Breathe. Breathe deep. <sighs> okay. We're good. <laughs> Okay. All right, let's continue. Uh, Greg and I have spent a lot of times as managers. Uh, we have both benefited from other people assisting us in our management development. In every episode, we're going to discuss a situation where we and others have missed the mark. We will start at the perspective of the employee and then move on from there. We're going to discuss how we have observed others successfully manage these situations and what we've learned from them. And we're always going to have an underlying theme of a good discussion. And I think we're going to have a really good discussion about this today, Greg. Mm -hmm. It's a good one. In discussions with your boss or teammates, tension comes into play because of the circumstances and you experience all or some of the following. The boss is very uncomfortable with the tension. The conversation is avoided because of the tension. Everyone shuts down. People think tension is a bad thing. Your boss and team members try to solve the tension. So Greg, how does this affect our relationships and the work environment? Well, it's interesting for me because tension in itself is not a bad thing. Tension just is really an indicator of churn, usually. And it might be churn within me. It might be churn within others, between others, within an organization. So that's tension in itself isn't really bad, but it's all it's like everything. It's what we do with it. Um, and often, depending on upon our personalities, we will bury it, we'll avoid it, we'll explode within it, 
you know, you name the differences, uh, but how do you um, identify it, recognize it, and uh, uh, leverage it? Yeah, the thing that's bubbling up for me also is that tension usually is either a result of and also creates energy uh, spikes. And within energy spikes, unless managed in the best way, uh, can often turn out to be unproductive, uh, destructive, and disturbing. So uh, tension, not a bad thing. Uh, it's what we do with it, what's around it, and how do we uh, harness it um, or maybe calm it a bit uh, uh, while you kind of really understand what's going on. So it, it, can, be, uh, it, it can be good. Uh, but generally, we don't deal with it, and that makes it bad. I think there's tension that is created by people, uh, their presence, by their attitudes, things that they say and things that they do that's very negative, that can cause a lot of problems, uh, especially on a team or in relationships. But there's also tension that's created by circumstance. So uh, uh, there's an emergency. We have to deal with it or uh, something's gone wrong and we, we have to figure out how to fix it or deal with it. Maybe a customer or something needs something and it creates this tension in the group. And I don't think that tension is bad. What I like about tension is that if we're presented with a problem and we have a healthy group or a healthy relationship, if you're just working with one other person, you sit there and it focuses you. Okay, we have this issue, uh, the temp, you know, the, there's a bit of tension here. We need to fix this. And I think it brings a lot of clarity, especially if it's a, uh, a healthy situation. It brings everybody to the table. Everybody knows we have to act quickly, but we have to act in the best way possible. And so the best ideas come up. People listen to each other and a decision gets made, whether that decision is by one person after being fully informed or by consensus or a vote sometimes, you know, sometimes that happens at work, then that's fine. And I, I think there's a big distinction in my experience between a good tension where you know you're in an emergency situation so everybody brings their a game everybody helps everybody else there's humility there sometimes maybe the most junior person has the solution to the problem or fixes the problem it's like yay team but there's also those situations where somebody brings just a terrible attitude maybe they've said something they're not handling it well and in that situation i think tension uh, actually stops people from solving problems and talking yeah, I think it's really interesting because as you're as you were sharing, I was thinking, you know, there's creative tension, there's positive tension, there's lots of words around it that can be very enabling, um, and I do think that though it comes down to recognizing it, um, investigating it, exploring it, and then uh, leveraging it in somewhere or another. Because I love your point around tension often provides you really clear focus. You know, we got to do something here. How you do what you do depends upon your attitude, your mindset, and your approach to this experience of tension. Yeah, and I, I go back to my policing experience and, you know, we would go to a normal call or be dealing with just a normal situation where there's, you know, there's, it's very passive, you know, you're just giving information, talking to people, whatever, and all of a sudden something happens and there's this tension that just comes into the situation and what I loved about working with other people and in small groups of people in the police was 
you would often deal with those situations and there was no verbal communication. You all knew what to do. You realized that there was a, a, a tension-filled situation and everybody just brought their, their A game, brought their experience, training, techniques, technology, and you just fix the problem, whatever that is. So I, I really like this conversation and you know it can go really negative. And there's also some very just wonderful things that happen when uh, there's tension in our workplaces because it's, it's always there. Yeah, and it's just how do you know uh, to have enough? I, I was thinking of a uh, high wire act. Well, if there's not tension, you're going to be real in real trouble. There has to be enough tension. But if there's too much tension, the line will snap. So key is finding that right amount of tension, energy, and that type of thing. Because most creativity happens where there are different viewpoints. You know, in my uh, in in my language, safe, brave spaces, it's the balance between both. Right? You got to stretch it. You got to stretch it a bit. But it's does you have the environment that creates healthy tension versus uh, unhealthy or destructive tension. And that's probably kind of key is to think about those two. Tension in itself isn't bad, but, you know, we've all been in unhealthy tension, you know, when, and unhealthy tension sometimes represents quietness, but man, oh man, no one wants to move. Or it can be screaming and, you know, distracting. And in those situations, boy, oh boy, they're not good. Um, uh, uh, but healthy tension are ones where people feel open, they're brave, they're throwing their ideas forward and, and, and others are open and curious, even though they might disagree that there's so much power in that healthy tension. Um, coming from a paramilitary background, unhealthy tension turns into shutdown. Nobody says anything. Right. And I don't think that's just a paramilitary background. I think that's in almost every, you know, uh, your relationships with your spouse, your kids, your friends, your organizations. It's the, it's, it's, it's all, it results in shutdown. So I'm looking at the points here and I think it's going to fully explore this, uh, this subject. I, as you were talking, I read them over quick. I went, oh, this is going to be a good conversation. I think we've got a good handle on this. So let's get going here. Uh, yeah. What are some of the common sense things as a manager to help deal with this situation? And we're going to be repeating some of these things, but I think we can uh, kind of explore them a little bit more. Tension is not necessarily a bad thing. Yeah. Um, and, you know, tension is, it's interesting. It's, uh, it's like we talked about, there's positive tension and there's negative tension. Uh, it, the key is to say, to be aware and um, yeah, just be aware of what's going on now. What kind of tension is this? And beginning to kind of understand and, and, and peel back the onion to find out what's, what's creating this and uh, what kind of tension is this? I think that's really key. But as you say, lots of times tension is not a bad thing. It doesn't always feel good. Um, so it might feel like a bad thing and it still might be a good thing. And how, how do you handle tension? I, uh, I gotta tell you, good tension brings out the best in me and, you know, using tension in an interview situation, if you, I'm, you know, interviewing a possible suspect or an accused, I love using tension, you know, quiet, you know, that silence. 
But I know uh, in a good tension situation, that brings out the best in me. If it's a really negative experience, it brings out the sarcastic and passive-aggressive Alistair. So I know how I react in these situations, and I have to be very wary of that because I can go to sarcastic in like three seconds. So I think it's important as managers that we understand how we react in these situations so that we can bring our best selves to it and create, you know, help create a very healthy atmosphere. Well, you know, I do a lot of work around energy and around recognizing how energy shows up in me as a leader, as an individual. And I think that's the key starting point is, and and I've talked in the past podcast about uh, meditation and about just breathing exercise and being really more grounded in my body because because that's where it shows up first. And I just got off a call with someone coaching someone who he was sharing how, yeah, you know what? Uh, when um, things don't go as he thinks they should go, um, he's a good person, good intention. But when he gets focused on what's the right way to do something and it goes opposite, he, he says it comes out in his gut. Uh, he feels the churn in his gut. And so... For, for me, how you handle the very first thing a manager or if your employee need to know is where does it show up? Because when energy is arising, when tension's arising, you'll feel it in your body. And key is learning to pause and say, whoa, something's going on. There's tension here. Why am I feeling this way? Uh, and how do I best approach this in a curious uh, state of mind? So I think that's the starting point. And then beginning to be curious and moving forward is the best way to tap into the tension and uh, um, uh, shift it. Well, the next couple of points just lead into that, right? And there's a question, do you make space for others during tension-filled situations? Because I don't know about you, Greg, I think you're probably the same as me. I like to fix things. I like to think, uh, fix things really quickly and get, get and move on. And And so... In these situations, it's really important to create some space so others can feed into what's going on. Yeah, I agree 100% because you know what? It's like uh, puttying over uh, a leaky wall. You know, the hole, you put the putty on, it might dry a little bit, but then it's just going to fall apart again. It's probably going to get worse. So so if you can, uh, I do think, and it's so hard for, I mean, culturally in North America, uh, we're about getting stuff done and getting it fixed. Um but getting it fixed sometimes requires a deeper dialogue. You know, a question like, Alistair, you seem really, really churny about this situation. And then give space. Yeah, I am churning. So what's behind that? And, and give space. You know, like really seek to understand because you, then your sharing of it will help understand what's behind the tension and either shift it towards something good that because it's just energy into something good or or at least have a better understanding of how we move forward. Uh, so that space, I agree, Alistair, is so important and so hard to create when uh, you know what to do, you're paid to do it, and you're celebrated when you accomplish it. And kind of the next step in that is, is tension does help to focus conversations. If people know that, you know, we're under the gun, that something needs to get done, that there's an issue, it will help to focus conversations if everybody has a space. 
Yeah. And you know what? Again, it starts with me because uh, uh, if I'm in a conversation, I'm the leader or the person and something is bubbling up for me. And, you know, I've used these phrases before. Something's bubbling up for me or, or you know what? I'm feeling cranky or I'm feeling crunchy. Figure out your word. But being able to declare something, wow, you know, or something's really, really uh, uh, working up. The other thing I've I've heard, I may have said this in other conversations, if something is really bothering you, um, say, ouch, ouch. It's amazing what that creates. Because, you know, often people, when they're doing stuff that might create tension, they don't know. And if you say, ouch, that, what, what's going on? And that allows that opportunity to have conversation. So those are just some things that I'm trying and, Sometimes they work, sometimes they don't. And tension can bring out everyone's position. I think if you bring uh, a space to the, to the situation and you have four other people sitting around the table, this gives an opportunity for everybody to state what their positions are. And by giving that space, then you get a more well-rounded view of what's going on. And as we've discussed, hopefully that's been focused by the tension. Yeah, and I would say getting to position is good. Uh, getting to what's the experience behind that position is even better. Uh, but often people have to declare, this is what I believe, and that's important. But what's even more important is say, tell me more. How did you reach that conclusion? What, what brought you to, to, to reach that, that uh, position? Uh, then that creates the space for for uh, almost applying and maximizing the use of this energy tension that's in the room. And tension helps focus on agreement. You know, if you've created this space, people can participate and say what their position is, what their thoughts are, and to your last point, why? Big chance that we can reach some kind of agreement to address the issue. Yeah, and often when you think of the word tension, sometimes tension is setting the expectation of what we're going to accomplish in a in a time frame so that can create tension to say listen uh, our goal is to leave this room with blah 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 uh, and we have this amount of time so it puts a little to your point focus on it and that might uh increase the energy and the tension in the room but it's actually uh increasing it for a purpose a declared and shared purpose that can then be quite powerful and even if you're at adverse positions, uh, adversary situations, uh, tension can force out what your truth or your position is. And because you're on the clock, you're going to have to come up and say what you think. And maybe it is contrary, but at least everybody will know where everybody stands and then we can start working it out. Yeah, this one's interesting because it can force the truth but it can also force you into what you think is your only truth. So combined with tension has to be a space in which uh, there is that curiosity and there, there, and that listening and that openness because tension without curiosity uh, will, can spiral out of control because it, it just digs me deeper into that so it, it positions and truth are good to come out if it is in the spirit of healthy tension 
in that, uh, you know, wrestling, you know, I was, I was reading something about the old uh, Israeli proverbs, I think it was Jacob or something about wrestling with God and this whole, and in the rabbinical practices, you know, it's all about wrestling, it's tension, it's kind of going forward, but sometimes you have to do that to get through it. Um, but again, it has to be in a, in a, a kind of a mutual uh, purposeful that we're bringing our best self forward to get to where we got to go. That's when tension can really be helpful. If it's, if it's in one that isn't, it's me oriented, then it can be mucky. It's gotta be healthy. Yeah. Gotta be healthy. And tension shows that people care and are invested in the process. I love having a discussion with somebody and they're very, very emotional about what their position is. Well, at least I know what their position is and it shows that they care about what they're doing. They care about the product or the process or, you know, the investigation, whatever it is. I like that because it does show that people care. And again, if you say, wow, Alistair, you are like fired up about this one. You, I, I sense this is really, really important. Tell me more. That then takes the energy of, I got to say something, I got to push this through to, to, oh, there's an openness here. So then I will take my energy even more positively, but it's tapping into that, that passion, um, that uh, caring heart. And do you welcome tension in a healthy discussion? And I think it's really important that the people that work with you know that you welcome it because that just starts off just a much healthier situation. I agree hundred percent. I may, I think I've told you this before. There's a book a number of years ago. I think the, the author's name is Kim Scott and it's called fierce conversations. And it was funny because I, I bought the book, but I never read it for about, about uh, two or three months because I thought, Oh, you know, someone told it was really good. Or maybe someone gave it to me and I thought, I don't want to read fierce. It sounds like we're going to rip each other apart. And that's just not who I am personally. But when I dug deeper, it was about, it was about bringing that passion, that tension, being direct, being respectful, though, in that process. And uh, so I think that one resonates with me uh, with that final comment. Who wrote that? Kim Scott, I think, was her, her name. So as employees, there's a couple things we can do to assist in this situation as well. And uh, tension is good. It means you and others care about what you, what you do and what you think. So um, I think we have to start there. Yeah, like don't don't back away from it. Be curious and move towards it, um, at least at the beginning, until you understand what's going on. And do you feel comfortable with tension? You know, think about it. Do you do you feel comfortable with it? Because that's also going to kind of set you up on how you deal with it. Yeah, you know, I do a lot of work around conflict and conflict management, and there are. There is, there's a number of great tools, one called TKI and a number of different ones that talk about conflict. And we all approach it in different ways, right? There are those that kind of run away from it, those that are like in your face with it, and those that have found this balance in the middle. And, and uh, those that find the balance in the middle appreciate tension and conflict, uh, but they more flow with it, right? And uh, it, it is... Uh, it's, it's finding that flow um, because guess what? We're so different and we've got diverse views and thoughts. And so we're going to run into this idea where there is tension because of different backgrounds, experiences, beliefs, all those kinds of things. 
So it will exist. So uh, learn to be comfortable and learn to flow in it is uh, such an important skill. And do you try and solve tension? Do you appease people? Do you kind of go with the flow? Or do you participate in a healthy way? Yeah, it's interesting, right? Because uh, there's nothing wrong with solving tension. There's nothing wrong with finding pathways forward. It's just um, allowing that space that you talked about earlier uh, is is really critical before you find a solution. So um, uh, yeah, you know what? We need a world that solves tension um, or leverages tension maybe in a different way. And you make space for others during tension-filled situations. Are you listening to others? Well, you know, we always look at it from two viewpoints, right? And we always say, well, the manager is responsible for creating the environment where, where tension is allowed to arrive. But sometimes it's the opposite. And uh, um, when you, your boss is maybe a little hyped up on something, is kind of coming in with regards to it, how do you hold the space? How do you not just jump and run and do what you do something, respond and do it? How do you dig a little deeper? Um, it's, it's on both, both ways. We're all humans. So we all have the opportunity to step into those things. Do you approach tension in a healthy manner? Even if it started off in a very negative place, can you influence the situation and try to bring it back into a more comfortable and, and positive way of, of dealing with whatever the problem is? Yeah. And you know, if it's unhealthy, then um, it, it's good to take that approach to it. Try to try to help invest in it, try to create that space. There are some situations that are unhealthy tension all the time. Uh, um, and, um, and you have to then figure out a new solution to that. That might be a, a, an increase in tension because you might have to get others involved. There might be, you might have to walk away in some circumstances where there's no resolution going forward. So there are those things, but uh, there's a lot that um, that you can um, help shift it to a healthier tension. It's about, you know, uh, sometimes it's setting ground rules, the ways we're going to work, the ways we're going to deal with it. I, I often talk with folks around prior to even meeting and coming together as a team or whatever, or even couples to say, hey, you know what? We are going to have tension. There are going to be things that we're going to disagree with. So when that happens, how do we want to show up? What do we do? Um, how do we, uh, what are the, what's the language that we're going to use that will maximize when our differences hit and the tension arises versus, versus allowing it to disintegrate? And there's one other episode we did that probably fits into the uh, highly negative tension situation is the heat when people uh, get angry. So that might be one if you haven't listened to it already, uh, would be a good listen to. Yeah, that's a great idea. And uh, I put this one in kind of for fun, but I, I do, I have had situations where it is relevant. And does talking about tension cause you tension? Some people don't like tension. Some people, it makes them feel very uncomfortable. And, and I've seen that in situations, even though it really wasn't a bad tension situation, they just, uh, it's a lot for them. And, uh, you know, if I'm an employee and that's my situation, then that's something uh, I'm going to have to try to deal with, maybe talk to somebody about. But also as a, a manager, we have to know our people. We've said that time and time again. If there's people that don't handle tension well, we just need to keep that in mind. 
Well, we've talked, you know, uh, about uh, the tool we, that I use called the Enneagram, and I'm a seven on the Enneagram, which means that I tend to, when I'm unhealthy, avoid pain, avoid tension, and uh, escape, you know, to those things. And early in my career, probably I did more of that. And, and it's never good because, you know, avoiding it, um, it bubbles back up, right? And then there are other people, I think probably you are a little bit more uh, like this, Alistair, uh, with your style and approach is you will maybe dive into it to say the way to get uh, um, to it is to go through it. And I'm going to kind of, in, in many, so I may be wrong, but I, I think our, our styles can be different in this. So uh, I agree. There are lots of people out there that I just want, I don't want to deal with tension. I don't have the energy for any of tension. Uh, but the best things come out of uh, where there are differences. The best things come out when there are multiple viewpoints and uh, perspectives that will create tension. Not that we're encouraged people to, to create tension, but encourage people to kind of say what they think in a respectful way, bring forward their thoughts and ideas, even if others might disagree, then, you know, attempting to do that will res likely result in some kind of tension. Um, but, uh, you know, maintaining your openness while you do it uh, will accelerate things and ideas. I really, I do feel comfortable with um, healthy tension. So on the road or during investigations, uh, there would be tension. It just brings out the best in people, people, the people I worked with most of the time, it just people gelled, they did what they had to do. Um, often there was no, you didn't even have to have a conversation about it. People just did what they were trained to do. And I, I really like tension, especially when it came to uh, interviewing people, you know, victims, uh, suspects alike. Sometimes that tension did bring out the truth. You know, you're talking to a victim and it maybe is a very sensitive situation. And just, you know, there is tension in the room because, you know, of what they're going through. But that often does focus them and, and brings forward what happened to them. And, and with suspects, it was the same thing. You know, you're in there and as you slowly give hints to what you know happened and they realize that, um, you know, they have done something wrong and that you probably know 10 times more about it than they thought you did at the beginning, that tension can often bring out the truth or the very least uh, facilitate um um, the case to be wrapped up in a quicker amount of time and people taking responsibility for things, victims being able to move forward and those types of things. So I do feel comfortable with healthy tension. Uh, I do not like unhealthy tension. I've been in that situation numerous times and that's where I have to realize how I react to that and be very conscious of what I, uh, my potential to do, which is to be sarcastic or, or something like that. And, and so I know how I react. And so, you know, have to be professional, have to be respectful, and I have to be mindful of that in those situations. So I do think it, it is, a, when it's healthy, it's very, very, um, it just helps the situation. It, it, and it exists anyway. So I think it's important that we just understand, you know, recognize that it's there and use it for all the best that we can. Yeah, and you know, something you said uh, struck me. It's that um, tension that people bring into conversations might not have anything to do with you or might have something to do with something else. So again, we talk about this a lot as a manager. 
to know your people and know what's going on. Um, doesn't mean you don't um, hold them accountable for unhealthy things and, and those type of things, but just being aware of it. Um, sometimes people bring this negative energy, this tension into space. It's with stuff that they're really just struggling for. And so how do you um, see them? And sometimes it is, uh, it is uh, like negative tension, a negative energy by acknowledging it, uh, by allowing space for people to talk about it, um, pulls that out of the room earlier on. So I think it's just, again, I really, uh, it really resonates with me that as a leader, it, it still comes down to know yourself, know your people and show up as best you can. So. And I think one thing we didn't talk about, and it just struck me right now is after the situation is over, how important it is as a leader to come together with the group, you know, either individually or the group as a whole say, you know, Greg, Hey, thanks a lot for everything you did for what you said when we were dealing with this thing. You know, I, th I think we all agree that, uh, how it worked out was the best that it could. And I just appreciate your participation in this and, and that we could all talk this out and, and work it out. Mm -hmm. It sets up for next time, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, you gotta, and you have to learn to let go because sometimes tension doesn't fully get resolved, but you have to learn to, to acknowledge is a great thing, as you've said, and also sometimes to let go. Did we actually wrap up already? Do you think, or do you have more to say? I <laughs> well, you know, I always have more to say, but I just, I, I think, you know, it's just, I think we have, it's, it's almost been sum summarized throughout, you know, that tension itself is not bad. Uh, healthy tension is powerful. Unhealthy tension is destructive. Uh, key is to discover how it shows up within you, uh, to be aware of how it's showing up with others and then find pathways to shift more towards healthy tension because uh, that's where the good stuff happens. Amen, brother. That was good. Yeah. Woo. Wow. Listen, folks, um, we hope that some of what we have spoken about you find helpful. I hope that we didn't say anything that uh, you found offensive or made you angry, but definitely your uh, philosophy falls well on this subject, Greg. Yes. At the end of every podcast, I share a great insight I learned from an early coach and I try to creating the spaces of coaching that I now do is that uh, uh, in my best coaching experiences, there were moments of crunchiness that I was not happy, a bit peeved off at what was said or what I heard and other moments of joy where uh, I was pretty excited. And uh, both were excellent because both uh, sent the signals of something I need to learn here. And depending on what I did with it, uh, and when I did do something with it, it was always good. So we hope in these podcasts that you might've had a little bit of churn, a little bit of things that you maybe felt a little uncomfortable with, and also things that you felt joyful that maybe you're on the right track and doing some of the right things. And remember, both of those are great learnings. It's what you choose to do with those things that is most important. And that it might cause tension within you. Yeah, within you and within others. Yeah, right on. <laughs> uh, I think it's a time for uh, a double call out. Boulder, Colorado. I just like the sound of that place. And I don't know the city, um, but Mexico. Ah, 
Very good. Very good. Both of those places are great. I've been to, I've never been to Colorado, but I have, I would love to go there. Um, and uh, Boulder does sound like a cool place. And um, I know they had some terrible things happen there uh, in the last little while with fires and around that area, but uh, generally a beautiful place. And, and Mexico, been there a few times. And uh, uh, again, beautiful place, beautiful culture. Now, I might have to edit this out, but isn't that where Mork and Mindy's from? Boulder, maybe. Maybe. I think so. Uh, I, what's Mork and Mindy, Alistair? I'm not sure. Was that an old show? I'm just kidding. Of course, I know that. I'm older than you are. So, uh. Well, you had to say that because it was. I was going to be saying it in a moment anyway. So I figured as much. I figured as much. We're going to have to have a fact check. Otherwise, that's coming out. So um, we haven't mentioned it in a while, but we have a website www.talkingnotranting.com and uh, that website always has the most recent uh, episode it actually has all the episodes it has a, a some background about Greg and myself and what we're doing here but also uh, we have uh, a page on there called other TNR projects and so I'm just scrolling through it right now. So the first one up, uh, this is where we do all our side projects, our side hustles. So um, Greg's Safe Brave Stories podcast is listed there. And the reason why I thought we should bring this up is because Greg in, uh, in the development meeting was talking about how he had another episode recording coming up this week for that podcast. So I went, hey, we have a website. So there's a link there to his podcast. And there's a link to his Safe Brave Spaces website, which has all sorts of stuff about what he's doing in that space. Sorry for the pun. And uh, the book and things like that. And then there's a series of other podcasts uh, that I kind of did on the side. And they're all kind of short series podcasts. There's one called the Fictional Crime Drama Podcast. I think that's seven episodes. I'm meaning, meaning to write another one. I just haven't gotten around to it. Then there's one called Leaving the Puzzle Factory, which is a three-episode podcast about me leaving the police service. And then there's, uh, I'm one of like hundreds of contributors. During COVID, um, they put out a pod, somebody put out a podcast called A Moment of Your Time, and it's just uh, reflections on uh, COVID-19 and what we were going through. So I have one of those episodes. And then I have... The Espionage Project podcast, which I believe is a four or five episode uh, short series. And then the newest one is Abbey Orchard Street Audio Drama. And that's, uh, I think there's three or four episodes in that one. And there's one more on the way. So there's a bunch of stuff in this website. And if you're looking to listen to uh, something very informative, like uh, Greg's podcast, or you're looking for a little bit of mindless listening, uh, you can listen to some of my uh, kind of lighter crime type things, uh, feel free. And there's some information about us, contact information and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, we, during COVID got really busy, Greg, and, uh, we started doing all sorts of stuff and this is kind of where it's landed. And what, I don't know what episode this is going to be 79 or 80, depending on how timings work out, but, uh, there's quite a body of work. How many episodes do you have on Safe Brave Spaces? Is it like 16 or something? Uh, 14, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think 14. And and more to come this year. Uh, but I, I just want to say I love, although you said your stuff is more mindless and that type of thing, I, I actually really enjoy the uh, 
the thoughtfulness, the uh, the complexity of the the different stories that you talk about. So that yes, they are. You can get lost in them, um, but I would call them mindful and mindless at the same time. So I like to describe them as holiday listening. Ah, very nice. Mm. So that's what we got going on. Um, we we don't actually have a company. We're just talking, not ranting. We call it TNR. And, and so this is kind of all in the envelope of that. And we've, we've had a chance to help out some other people as well in kind of this space. And it's, it's been kind of interesting. And I think we've learned a lot. Um, and uh, you do that other one with Ola. And I just love the guests that you have coming on on that. Uh, just a bunch of great people that you you and Ola interview. And it's kind of cool. So I think there's a lot going on and that's kind of where we focus everything that we're working on so that if you're looking for something else, you know, you're looking to connect with Greg and, and the safe, brave spaces world, uh, that's where that is as well. And if you're looking for some, uh, other listening pleasure, uh, it's there as well. And we will continue to work on projects and that's kind of where, uh, the other projects land. So if people uh, are looking for something, that's the place to go. So that's www.talkingnotranting.com. Awesome. There we go, my friend. Uh, anything else before we sign off? I don't think so. Close this out, my friend. All right. Um, listen, people, um, people do matter. Take the time with the people you work with. They're an important part of your job, your success, your failure, and your life. Talk to you next time. Take care. <laughs>